Hey there, this is Emily. And this is Rosa. Welcome to the Unchecked Podcast. We are two women from two different countries who will talk about living life in their late 20s. Hey everyone, welcome back to our third episode. As you might have seen in the title, for today's episode, we're going to talk about why we are always at war with our body. So taking a little deep dive into the beauty industry, beauty lifts, butt lifts, all that jazz, the idea of body positivity and how we see our bodies, you know, folks using surgery instead of therapy as options. And then also cultural connotations of body and how it really relates to how we see ourselves as uh, as we self-identify as women. So, you know, Rosa's done a lot of research about the beauty industry, apparently. So we're going to have her start off to talk about what she's seen and her reactions from, you know, beauty lifts, butt lifts and all that. Yeah, I was just telling Emily how I watched a lot of BBL or Brazilian butt lift videos for this. Starting off, it's, it's crazy because now we see more people getting them because they're more accessible. That's the surgery. But there always been an obsession with women's butts, you know. In the 90s, J-Lo was always talked about for her derriere. And it's interesting how it's usually like women of color that are kind of fetishized for one part of their body, right? Imagine having like the most famous ass in Hollywood. I mean, it's very dehumanizing in a way. And it's crazy because a lot of the videos that I watched were about how historically black women were made fun of for having such big posteriors. But now that it's cool, now it's being taken by like the likes of the Kardashians who look like they're going to tip over and it looks so natural for them because they don't have the ties. But they have popularized it, quote unquote, because it's not really, it has been popular before, but made it more mainstream, right? And it's crazy how like a lot of these things, and I think it's going to be a theme for today, is that a lot of things come from Black people, people of color cultures, and so are things that are like for us, are just like things that we're born with. And now first we were going to make fun for these things, then we were fetishized for these things, and now like mainstream is kind of taking that and making that, beautiful but before we would make fun of that it's like a whip rush you know yeah i think it it is it is kind of crazy um and in terms of even when we think about it from my perspective like asian features like with the rise of all like asian media which is awesome that's coming in america you know even before in the past we were this you know quote unquote the slant of our eyes our slim figure we were always made fun of that and but now because it's cool or quote unquote Asians are cool that's actually like things that people want to duplicate or be right and I think it's also really interesting how media has just shaped you know our perspective across the years I think it's what's great is that the younger generation of course being more diverse they're more open to like anyone is beautiful and there's really no one set perspective but I feel like people from our generation like older than that still kind of like still have that ingrained in our mind of like what is kind of that perfect or ideal body which is big butt big boobs skinny waist yes definitely I think it's also it has a lot to do with where you come from but like in Miami having a surgery is more accepted like growing Mm. up uh I actually thought about having a boob job and I know a lot of people, like I would say like out of two girls, one has gotten their boobs job in Miami that I know of. Like 
there's a lot of people that get surgery done. And I don't think, I mean, for me, it's natural and there's no shade. There's nothing. I don't judge them for it. But to me, the problem is that a lot of the celebrities get all these surgeries. And then when they're asked about it, they're just deny it. And I think that they need to own up to it because a lot of the kids nowadays are growing up with these Instagram bodies and they think that's normal. And that's not normal. Like there are some people that are naturally like that, but it's like 1% of people. And then the rest are just like, you know, fabricated. So I think they need to be very conscious. Yeah, Kylie Jenner didn't pop out like that as a baby. Let's just no. see that. We see her before and after photos. I, I mean, even this is very obvious to a lot of people, but like even with social media, you have Facetune, FaceApp, all those things where it's just like fucking with your little perception of what you actually look like. And I think the scariest thing is it's like you've, you know, made yourself quote unquote beautiful through these apps. You post on Instagram, you kind of lie to yourself that this is actually what you look like. And then one day you wake up to a mirror of yourself and you're like, wow, that's like, this is me at my worst days. Like how ugly am I? And I think that's really just really terrifying to like see that dichotomy of both and feeling at times that like you have to be that perfect representation of yourself on social media, even though that's literally not what you look like unless you get surgery. Yeah, I think that's where that surgery comes in because you're like, oh, I know what my perfect ideal looks like and I need to be that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's, it's very interesting because I mean, I can only talk about a fan women perspective because that's what I know. But I mean, my brother is very close to me in age. But I think that since we are very young, we're kind of socialized into people speaking about your way and the way you look, especially when you're a woman femme, more openly than when you're a guy. I mean, we have all have these stories of going back home to like, you know, Peru, whatever it is. And one of your aunts saying, oh, you have gained weight. Like, just the first thing that comes out of their mouth is something about your appearance. And it's crazy how we have normalized it. And that's extremely toxic, but it's a very big part of our culture. And I think that that's that from a very young age, um, you're kind of forced to fit in this mold. I read Untamed, and one of the parts of the book that really took me by surprise is how after we're kind of 13 and or like whenever we hit puberty, it kind of sinks in on us how important beauty is to a woman. It's like a currency for us because of the society that we live in. So we kind of start having all these insecurities, right? This is a time where like some people develop breasts before others and there's so many things that are going on, you know? And so you start like seeing each other, comparing each other's bodies. And I think a lot of that comes from your own family saying oh so and so is like this but how come you don't look like that and it's just so open like people just say it to your face right and to me so it's shocking that we don't sit back and think maybe this is wrong because like you don't think about these things until someone puts those things in mind whether family or media or whatever and the worst part is that most of the time the first time you hear this, oh, you have spread chested, you know, like you are sure or whatever, it's from your family. I hear you. And I, I feel like, so I moved it. This is like kind of related, but also a little bit random. I moved into my new apartment. And so what I actually used to do when I lived with my parents is, this is like really dumb, but I would be like, okay, like how much do I weigh this week, right? And then I would like bring me and my parents to the scale and I'll be like, okay, how much do I weigh today? And I would always like compare my weight week to week. 
And then my dad would always make a side comment like, oh, like you definitely got fatter, right? That's like, it was so toxic. And I think I just did it because um, during the pandemic, I just wasn't exercising as much as I did. So the times that I did, I was like, oh, maybe I made some progress. It's been three months since I've been in my new apartment. I don't have a scale and like, I've never thought about it once, right? Isn't that crazy? Like the, literally the opinion of your parents or your Mm -hmm. peers is just that one trigger that like makes you think about these things. But if you're not really exposed to that on a day-to-day basis like that, for me, it's like, oh, cool. Like whatever. Like I see myself in the mirror, but I don't think about like, oh my God, I gained five pounds today, you know? And I think like, I feel like no matter how much weight you lose as an individual, what really matters is like what happens in your brain. Like, what do you perceive yourself as? I can be 50, like 150 pounds, for instance, and maybe 30 pounds above my normal weight. And I still might feel confident as fuck. And I could be like 120 and I feel like shit. And I really think it's not really the pounds you have, but like your mental health and like how you perceive yourself. Yes, I definitely. Yeah, and I think like to your point, Rosa, I mean, coming from an Asian family, you know, my body isn't necessarily like the typical Asian female weight. And so, you know, my parents, I guess when I was younger, I I wasn't as active. And so because of that, I think my parents would like say more of that weight comment more often. What's ironic is that, you know, six, five, six years ago when I started running and I got more physically active, even at my lowest weight point, which was like 120, my dad would still be like, you're not, you're not skinny enough. And I'm like, are you serious? You know what I'm saying? It's just like, look how, look how much weight we put and perceive behind these people that we care about and look like how much effort you put in. And then ultimately for someone to like say that one thing, just like bring it all down. That's just like layers of trauma that you have to like work through. But I, well, I think what I realized from that experience is that like, I think you just, everything you have to take your own pace. Right. And as long as you're really progressing towards something, as long as in your head, you're like, okay, like this is my goal. I'll work work on this bit by bit. I acknowledge I'm in the middle of a fucking pandemic and it's going to take a while. Like as long as you do that and know that you're progressing, I think that's all that matters. Yeah. But just to like tie all together, I think like, like for me personally, I, I think so much about what other people think and I'm, really actively trying not to do that anymore because it's like definitely not healthy at all yes and and it's crazy because now first we are socialized like we're socialized to think that way because of our parents but in a way someone did that to them so it's like a endless cycle you know it's kind of like sometimes like i always i mean in therapy i have learned that hurt people hurt people so in a way you're kind of like you had this insecurity about your body and then you have a child that looks just like you and you kind of share that insecurity to right. them too, you know. It's kind of like, oh, that doesn't bother you kind of thing. And when you're young, you don't even know. And I don't want to be this because every time there's something that we talk about, I always say the problem is capitalism. <sighs> but the problem is capitalism. And I think the main reason is because especially nowadays that we're hyper ad everywhere kind of thing that there's so many things we have this abundance of choices i think that that's why they need us to have every single week i think there's something else to be subconscious about it's just because like the beauty industry is a multi multi-million dollar business and before back in the day it was just like get a perfume you know change your shoes like things like that you know they will sell us things like that 
now they sell us you know they sell us lingerie lingerie sorry lingerie they sell us makeup okay but then now nowadays makeup is not just like eyeshadow it's literally like contouring your whole freaking face so now your face doesn't even look like your face you know it's like completely different like you cake all this makeup on like everything is so extreme now like what a month ago i heard about hip dips like i don't even know what the hell is that and then like people are like yeah i need to work out so that you don't show and it's like dude that's literally how the skeleton of your body is like how are you gonna like i don't understand how are you gonna change that and i think that that's what beauty industry does they try to sell us products right and the way to sell us products is to give us more insecurities so we can buy more things you know anti-aging cream I, I can like think of all the different things that they are there to buy. Like you cannot go into a girl's house that they don't have like 20 different creams, you know, it is like every other day is another thing to do. I remember when um, waxing got popular, like in Miami, everybody gets like waxing and I used to get wax like every month. And now that I live in France, I have, I barely do. And it's like, why did I subject myself to that for so long? It's just like, you're just like, Everybody does it, so I'm going to do it too, kind of thing. I don't know what happens, like, that my brain turn off, but it's just like, okay, well, I'm able to live and have sex without being quacked, so that's okay. <laughs> but, like, normal, like, Rosa, Rosa Young didn't never thought about that, you know? Capitalism does that to you, especially. It's literally, like, you're their target consumer and all your friends are their target consumers, so they really serve the same ads to everyone. But... It's like you didn't realize you needed a 10-step skincare routine until you found out you needed a 10-step skincare routine. <laughs> Don't let me get started about my Korean 12-step routine. It's insane. Yeah, I know. And I think, like, I don't know if it resonates with you, Rosa, but I feel like now that I'm getting older, now it's not even, like, makeup. Like, for me, lips, you know, lipsticks, eyeliner, all that was a huge thing for me. And now it has transitioned to, like, okay, how can I make my, sure my skin looks good? So it keeps looking good yes. for the next three years of my life. So it's just that crazy transition of like, here's all the shit that you put on your face that we've sold to you. But now let's share you with you how to get rid of that. <laughs> exactly. Like, okay, we messed it up because you slept with your makeup for so many years after a night of partying. So now you have all these horrible batches in your face. Let us fix that. And you know the craziest thing too? As that and I'm gonna bring race to it because I'm reading Angela Davis with race class, uh, so I totally recommend recommend this book. But it's it's crazy how everything is interlinked, and it's crazy because capitalism tells you one thing in one place and then you go somewhere else and it tells you another. Because in India, people are trying to bleach their skin to make themselves lighter, but here people pay so much money in tanning beds to get tan. Mm -hmm. It's just insane. Like one here, you're this on the other end, you're not, you're that. It's incredible how, you know, like beauty is very subjective. Like I know that, but it's crazy how one, like that's why it's so dangerous to put everything that you have on beauty because it can change. Imagine like a lot of people have gotten surgery to like change something that they thought they have an issue with to like later in two years, three years, four years, they regret it. Yeah, because it's it's not like a trend anymore, not something that like everyone is. And you know what's interesting when I think about it? And again, I fall to this because I'm basic, but why would you want to look like everyone else? Do you have to say like, then where's the uniqueness in that? 
Yes. But I think it's really hard because mob mentality and like, oh, like I have to fit in with the system. But like, what's wrong with just being your own person and having those flaws? I think the issue is that when you are too different, people, there's always someone that is miserable and tries to put you in your place, quote unquote. And then they kind of make fun of you for this thing that you have. And then like, you know, I know someone from my high school that they always made fun of her because she has small boobs and she got a boob job. Okay. But her boobs weren't like small. Like they were just, you know, normal. Like not like, a, like I don't want to say normal, but like, you know, like not tiny either. It wasn't just like not like ginormous status. And she had a boob job. And I don't know if she took them out, but like they look so weird because her frame is small. She's she's always been thin, you know. Mm-hmm. So I hope that she doesn't regret it. And I hope she's happy. I mean, she's always been beautiful. But it's just like, it's crazy because even the people that you're like, wow, she's a really pretty girl. Like even everybody has insecurities, you know. Yeah, the most beautiful, the most beautiful people have are the most insecure. It's it's crazy because you just put so much basis of your of who you are in how you look. This is like so. I think we're 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 going through side personal stories, but I think it's really helpful for listeners to understand. Like, what was your beauty story, Rosa? Like, what was your like how how did you approach that when you were younger and how did that change over time like in terms of like confidence and relation to beauty as well well like to be 100% honest when i was growing up i was in, went to a girl catholic school so i really never thought about beauty like it's interesting because in latin america there's a lot of countries that are really based on beauty like they're very proud of that and they have beautiful girls but peru is not like that like we don't really emphasize on beauty that much. I mean, we know, like, especially because of racism and, like, people thinking that indigenous traits are not attractive, then we kind of have this, like, oh, well, beauty doesn't matter. Like, we know we're ugly kind of thing. Um, so I never really care about beauty until I moved to Miami. And it was more around dudes, boys. But it was never really, like, I was kind of, like, always kind of playing around with guys like in the field just to play basketball and do stuff so like I was I was never teased or anything about it but so like I I don't know be I always thought that I was attractive I always was popular I didn't think like I was butt fucking ugly or anything like that uh I think besides my boobs I never really had anything that I was just like oh I really need to change besides my teeth but I mean you get bracelets you know because I had like with Mr. T, but besides that, like, I think it was just, like, I never really put that much emphasis on it, but I do love, like, beauty, you know, I love looking at beautiful things, even if it's just, like, I mean, beautiful people, you know, I am a daughter of Miami, I am sometimes shallow, but, yeah, but I don't really think that it was that big part of my life, but I think it's also because of, like, growing up in Peru and that not being part of my life. Like, I know some of my friends that literally their parents were like, oh, you cannot go outside like this. You have to put on makeup. You have to do your hair to go outside. Like, my mom was never like that. You know, it was more, like, about books and intelligence and reading and other things that my parents mostly picked on kind of thing. What about you, Emily? What was your beauty journey? I think it's so interesting you share that with me because I think like mine was like the complete opposite. Um, I have really bad memory, guys. So 
for, forgive me if I'm like I think there's just like especially when I'm younger like I literally don't remember a lot of things but it's so interesting that I still remember like specific moments in my life that were in relation to more particularly my weight I don't remember people really talking about that much my appearance but like my weight was a huge thing when I was younger and so in elementary school I'm pretty sure I got bullied for my weight and it wasn't to the point where like it happened extensively every day but I remember there was this like particular group of girls you know white skinny mean girls um and they're just like they always would travel in a group and just like shit on people and I happened to be one of their victims um so I hear you know I hear from my parents I like sometimes hear in school and so that's why I was like always so self-conscious of my weight but at that time like I guess I was like too lazy or maybe just like mentally I didn't really engage in sports to not fix my weight but like to like lose it right um, and I was also really nerdy that de- that time too. So just imagine this like chubby nerdy girl with glasses and like not straight teeth, <laughs> like navigating through like elementary and even until high school. Um, I think high school were was where it transitioned a bit. I think we were like we were more like quote unquote adults, so I didn't get bullied then. But I think I was because I got braces later on in high school. I was again very self conscious, like imagine this okay like somewhat overweight girl with braces like in junior year and I remember like I had rubber bands in front so it would be like three rubber bands like tying my braces together it was just like a whole moment and even honestly throughout college I was still cautious of it but not as much because again like I was surrounded by like friends who were super supportive and like that obviously didn't matter but I think it was always in the back of my mind um, and I think that's also really why I never really approached or had like, you know, I had a relationship in senior year of college, but not real relationships even before then. Because, you know, people start hooking up when they're like 17, 18, even younger. And I think I was so self-conscious of my body and my parents that I was like, oh, I, like no one would want me, you know, like no one would like me for who I am. And so I think like I need to credit this to my friend, Amanda, <laughs> who um, I met after I graduated back in New York. She was the one who like trained me for my first 5K. And I think that's where I found the not necessarily the, the passion for running. I do run nowadays, too, and it's great. But like the, the passion for like working out and building it into my routine. And this is like maybe a typical story, but like it was not until I started working out saw physical changes in my body and like I mentally felt better did my confidence grow and like you know now you know being 29 I acknowledge there are times where I'm like oh fuck like this shirt looks shitty on me and things like that but like I've never felt more confident in myself than like all in the past like I feel like I'm like hopefully not peak confidence but like I am like confident in my like face and like my body you know I don't know if you it's happened to you Rosa maybe it's that's like you your entire life but like there's days I wake up I go to the mirror I'm like oh looking good you know like no makeup on but like I'm confident now just like going out with my bare face I'm like fuck maybe it's getting older but I'm like fuck it you know and I think a lot of it is contributed to like mentally I'm at a better place you know I'm trying to give less fucks and then number two being able to like have a work like a physical workout routine that keeps me grounded um and I think those are two things where I'm like okay I might not be at my quote-unquote goal weight or muscular weight things like that but I know I'm still taking care of my body through working out and I'm not like stagnant 
And I think that that's what like keeps my confidence up. I think that's very important to have a good self-image. But at the same time, like for example, uh, you mentioned in the beginning about body positivity. And I think that's really good. I really like, for example, like Lizzo. I find her very inspiring. And also um, oh, from the good place, uh, Jamila Jamila. I really like mm-hmm. how they talk about body. But... The thing is, like, what I like about more of, like, it's just, like, what they say, like, body neutrality, you know? Because I feel sometimes, like, especially millennials, we fall really victim of the whole, uh, like, toxic positivity, you know? Like, mm-hmm, it's just, like, mm-hmm. everything has to go in streams, you know? It's, like, mm-hmm. I used to hate my body, now I love my body. But it's okay to just be, like, okay, I'm good. Like, sometimes I don't like how I look in a dress or a tan top. But I'm still grateful for my body. I'm grateful that I can talk. I'm grateful that I can do certain things. That it takes me places. I'm grateful for this shell that I have that holds my soul, kind of thing. But sometimes, but right. it, but it's okay that you. It's okay to not force yourself to be like positive every single day. Like I think even the exactly. most confident people have their days you know bad hair days like bad like you know you wake up with a hangover like i did today and you're like oh like swollen everywhere like we all have our things right did you say butt hair i just wanted to get that oh swollen oh i I thought you said butt hair (laughs) no but i said like we would we like you know you have a night out you drink and then you wake up and you're kind of swollen in the face i mean and also like even when you make up and be- amazing lighting and like a freaking world-renowned photographer most of these people that we see in the magazine that that is all edited so like we have not like none of us i mean most of us have never seen a celebrity and most of the time when people meet a celebrity it's like underwhelmed because it's like we see them as large in their life but they're really just regular you know not even them themselves look like themselves you know what i mean exactly yeah so i think that sometimes we put our like the goals so high up and then we mm-hmm. we kind of like oh i need to love my body every day and i don't care like it's just like it's okay to just be grateful that you can do things right yeah i i think that's so so great too and even my therapist was saying like yes yeah, it's, it's sometimes helpful to just like if you feel down or you feel negative it's like it's just helpful to your point note things that you're grateful for and that you do have because we often like take that for granted for sure but another thought that i had i was like it's so interesting like at least for me when i like growing up i feel like i've always validated myself through quote-unquote the male gaze and rose and you and i talked about this and you're like well who the fuck cares what men think and i'm like yeah who the fuck cares but i think we've been like so conditioned to do that and i think a lot of it has to be yeah i think like at least for me personally like my relationship my dad i feel like i've always needed to get validation from him i think that's just like really transferred over into like how i deal with like relationships with men in my life unfortunately i think that's a problem like a lot of the times i and i read it especially on reddit when girls are literally like oh if I was prettier, he would treat me better. Instead of thinking like, no, he's a fucking asshole. And that's why he's not treating you well. And he's showing his true colors. Because no matter how you look, yeah. you know, that the way a man acts towards you is a rea- is a reflection of themselves. It has nothing to do with how you look. But sometimes we just try to make excuses for them, right? And one of the best excuses is something that we can change. Because it gives you a little bit of power, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, oh, if I lose 10 pounds, he would like right, me better. Right. You know, things that we can change, even 
because we know we can't change him, who's a total asshole. <laughs> oh, all those stories. I mean, I I really think that's the way it is. I mean, really try not to validate myself to the male gaze, but it's crazy how when we consume media, everything is mostly through the male gaze. Like, for example, when you watch a movie, you know, all those shots of like up close of like their bro- boobs or butt or just legs. It's like they don't do that for men, you know? You start thinking about it, like for who mm-hmm, this is, mm-hmm. yeah, right? It's just like we're we're like sometimes we are voyeurs. We like experience life, see things to like the male gaze, and that's why we're so like crazy about our bodies because that's what we think is normal. When you said that, it's tied so much to like Korean dramas, <laughs> older Korean dramas. If you didn't realize, it's all not through the male gaze, but like the men are usually like cold hearted, you know, and I think that's like what they're raised to act like and then there was this recent drama called nevertheless it started great and then ended up like shit but because it was done (laughs) so don't watch it don't watch it don't watch it don't watch it but it was done through a female director and so it's through the female gaze so which was great because there was one scene you know usually in like a normal not normal korean scene but like if there's a makeout scene you just see like like you know the guy and girl making out right but in this scene with nevertheless you actually see like the experience of the woman like taking pleasure in a guy pleasuring her which is you see very rarely right it's like and it's like the little Mm -hmm. things like the peck on the cheeks right like kind of like going down her neck and things like that you don't if you the male director did that that would not ever come up but the female director did it so well where you're like yeah yeah that's how we feel like i see it on screen now and so that's like so important to just like have that perspective in media yeah i, def- I totally agree and i think um like just uh, just talking about media how most like most of these couples like today i was watching this about like the difference between like sizes like there's still this show about like men who date fatter women and it's very interesting because a lot of them are like quote-unquote chubby chasers and they have a fetish but they make it like the way that they have made the filmography they have make it so um it's just like they they feel and they look fatter than than usual it's like very unflattering Mm -hmm. and it's because people are very unforgiving about women just in general i think it's just like you can have like you know, there's so many shows where the guy is like average looking and fat, and then he, the girlfriend, is like a hot, you know, hot tamale, and you're like, how did these two get together? And that's okay. Like, you know, I feel like women in general, we fall in love more about like personality, if anything. But like, if he was the opposite, like you don't see a hot man with a regular ass woman on media. You know, you don't see that ever. Yeah. Wait, have you seen? Uh, 90 Day Fiance. I don't know if we've talked about this in any of the episodes. No Neck Ed. Oh my god, don't let me get started. Roast? Yes. I love she her. She is living her life now, which is great. A queen. But like, how does that man get that comp? Okay, like, again, I don't want to judge appearances, but he's an asshole too, so I'm gonna judge. Like, how does he get that confidence? Like, can I have his confidence? <laughs> I have no idea. Like, I seriously wanna have, like, a slitter of white men confidence. They're so mediocre. Not all of them, but like a lot of them. And they just still think that they rule the world, but mostly they do. So I I guess they got something. But to not deviate too much from the point, I feel like pretty much we, the big issue about body image in general is that we, since very young, were socialized to 
think that people, other people can comment on our way and our appearance, and that's normal, right? When it's not normal, when it's not okay for people to just come out and say things that are hurtful to you. And when you don't know, and you're five years old, seven years old, like we both talked about experiences, you kind of think, okay, this is normal. This is how I, myself, I'm going to talk to other people and then you go to school and then you tell people oh you're fat you're this you're that you know because we your parents older people have made it okay and it just continues to do the cycle and at the end of the day it's just because they want to sell us products right because at the end of the day if we were all happy with our bodies they wouldn't have to sell what would rihanna do <laughs> you know how would she have become a billionaire if she's not selling a shit like all these capitalists trying to sell us shares because like they're like Oh, you can make your wine you better if you wear this lingerie, if you put this perfume on, if you contour your face. And even if for, with all those things, we still need to use a filter. It's just impossible. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, I mean, that was a great wrap up, Rosa. But any last thoughts about what we just talked about today? I think that, like I said, it's okay if you don't wake up one day and you don't feel your best about how you look, but always come from a place of gratitude. Uh, a lot of us, just being able to hear this podcast is a blessing. Just being able to go to walk or to do certain things, right? At the end of the day, like what matters is your soul. Your body is just a, a vessel and you can always improve yourself, you know, like exercise, do different things, but take it as a pace, take it at your own pace and don't be so hard on yourself. I think that a lot of us women, especially, mm -hmm. we spend our 20s just pretty much a war, a war with our bodies, you know, starving ourselves. I think I I was very thin in college uh, for a while because I literally only juice. And I did all these other things that I wasn't supposed to. And it's just like, wow, like you spend so much time just like being mad. I was such a bitch because I was hungry. Okay, I spent years hungry. So don't be like me. I think that's why they say the 30s is the best years of your life because you just don't have the energy to give a fuck anymore. You know? It's yeah. like, this is what you're yeah, getting. I hear you. I love it. You know, maintain yourself. Maintain yourself happy. But if you can feel happy how you look in the mirror, think about positive ways that you can change, but also be grateful because you have a body. Yeah, love it, Rosa. And I just to end with that, like, we're all human beings. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's just a natural course of life. And don't let capitalism ruin that. Well, <laughs> on that note, we're going to talk to you soon in the next episode. Have a great rest of your day, guys. Bye. Bye.